Hello, I'm Pastor Rob Spencer of Church United. We are excited because God is at work in our community of Christ followers. And it is my hope that God works in your life as you listen to this message today. If you'd like more information about Church United, please visit us at churchunited.family. All right. Hope came down. Aren't you glad that happened? Yeah, I am too. Praise the Lord. Hope came down. And that's why we celebrate this morning. That's why we're here. Uh, before I get rolling, I just, um, there are a lot of special people here. I don't want anyone to feel not special. So you're all special. So welcome, you special people. Uh, and then there are the extra special. <laughs> I have some good friends here that you all know well. The Nay family is with us, and Mike and Don family stand up back there. Look at this gang. Victoria, hey, tenor, don't get out of this. Kennedy, even you, stand up back there. We got to see the whole gang together. There they are. Look at this group, gang. Thank you guys for being here. Um, if you didn't know, Pastor Mike was uh, the, one of the founding pastors with me with Church, Church Downtown, and we worked together for years uh, until God called him to leave us for dead. And uh, he went, <laughs> went back uh, to the Sin City, uh, is what it's called, and uh, he's been living in sin ever since. And <laughs> one day, my hope is that God will save him again, and he'll return uh, the whole family. But Tenor, it's exciting. Tenor, Tenor just graduated from boot camp for uh, Coast Guard. So that's a, a big, big deal. Congratulations, Tenor. Uh, Victoria just finished uh, her college. She's all done with college. And uh, she's going to be a brain surgeon now. If, uh, yeah, real excited for her. Uh, I, I made the last part up, so if you need surgery, don't go to her. Um, yeah, I made that up. And Kennedy is uh, Tenor's girlfriend. He's, she's here with us as well, celebrating this big milestone. So we're excited. Thank you guys for being here. I remember Christmas as a kid. You remember that? Seeing all these kids up here always reminds me of that. When, when you're a kid in the anticipation of Christmas time, um, and, and there's just something different about it when you're, when you're little. I mean, it's, it's nice Christmas. Now I just think, oh, it's crazy. Um, but, but when you're a kid, everything kind of stands still around Christmas time. And it's a different feeling. It's a, it's a whole different thing that happens. These words are like expectations and anticipation. These are big words at Christmas. And I, I remember growing up in our house, um, every, every Christmas night, uh, we were tried to, you know, mom and dad would try to get us to bed early because um, I don't know what they had to do because Santa Claus does everything at Christmas. But for some reason, they acted like they had stuff to do. And they were always trying to push us off to our bedrooms. And, 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 and we tried to go to bed early. We never, uh, you know, as a kid, you didn't really sleep a whole lot. Um, Christmas night, just that anticipation that hope of what's to come the next morning. What's it going to look like? And then we were always up, and it felt like we, you know, five o'clock in the morning, and we were being shoved back to bed. No, it's not time yet. It's not time. How do you know? Uh, it's time. It's time. And then finally, we would nag enough, and my mom and dad would get out of bed, and uh, mom, when we were growing up, had these big glasses. I mean, the things were like that thick, and she's, I think, somehow, she's legally blind or something, but... Um, I think that's for real. She said that before. But anyway, um, but we can laugh about it. It's fine. She's not here. Um, anyway, she had these big, huge, thick glasses, and she'd put them on, and she'd crawl in big, frizzy, curly hair, and she'd kind of crawl out in her, you know, terry cloth bathrobe, because that's what they wore in the 80s. And, uh, and, and, and I remember we all had to sit at the top of the stairs, and uh, our... 
Holly, uh, my sister Holly, my sister Hope, and I, uh, our big butts would not fit in the top of those stairs anymore. But somehow we all squeezed on the same step and we would just wait. Um, and mom would go down, dad would go down, mom would put rolls or something in the oven and you could start smelling things loft and we're like, is it time? No! Uh, you know, and it wasn't Christmas cheer. It's just stay up there. Uh, and we're trying to scooch down the stairs because uh, right at, past the banister you could peek around and see the living room and the Christmas tree. So we're scooching down the steps and she'd get up there and uh, I don't know what like it's presents what are we going to see um, they're supposed to be wrapped by now please Santa did this for you what, what's the big deal um, anyway and I just remember it's just sitting there like how are we going to go and then and it was even another level of this hope that came in if you thought you were going to get something special Remember, you'd ask for this thing and ask for this thing, and they're like, well, I don't know. We'll see if Santa brings it. Um, and uh, that was my mom's voice, not my dad's. Um, and, uh, and, and, and we, we would just be like so excited, wondering. And then you get down and you're scoping the presents out to see if they tried to hide the wrapping or if it's just like a bicycle and it's wrapped with paper, a bow on it, or something they asked for. And I just remember all of those feelings flooding in as a kid. And, and it's, not, it's not the same anymore. I, I remember we get to, to the teenage years and everything started changing a little bit. Like mom would be like, get out of bed, it's Christmas. Uh, and she's trying to drag us down the stairs. And uh, it, it, so things changed a little bit. But you have to kind of take yourself back to the early days when you're when you're just little in this anticipation and this excitement and this hope that something's going to come. Something's going to be great. The word hope itself, it, it's, it's in the dictionary, it says a feeling of expectation and desire for certain things, a certain thing to happen. A feeling of expectation, a desire that something significant, a certain thing's going to take place. You mix that in with this word advent. The word advent is the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. So when we talk about Christmas, we talk about the first advent of Christ, the first coming of Christ. A notable person has arrived. Mix that with hope of the expectation of the event, of something going on, and now you have yourself in the place, but prior to Christ's coming, that the whole nation of Israel is, is facing. They've had these prophecies for hundreds of years coming to them that the Messiah, there's going to be a Savior. And Israel faced all kinds of oppression. The Jewish nation was always at war with other nations. They never felt real peace or real rest. And there was always this promise that, that there's going to be a Messiah that's going to come. A king that's going to come and he's going to take the place of, of, of all the earthly rule and reign of all that's going on and this king is going to come and they had this great hope that he was there because before the advent that's all there was for them was hope. Just a feeling that something great. It's like being a kid on Christmas morning and sitting on the top step and just, oh, when's he going to oh, call us downstairs? And, and, and all of this anticipation is there for this whole nation. So, so take that from the fact that you as a, a, a little kid, I saw Chaz getting ready to pull that picture back there and I sucked my gut in really fast. I don't know if you noticed, but he's like, I'm getting ready to take a picture. I'm like, Jesus. Thank you, Chaz. Appreciate it. Get all the ones now. Here's a side shot, too. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. 
We can get a good preacher pose. Now, this one always reminds me of my dad because he always has a floppy Bible, so I asked for a floppy Bible one year for like this. He's got all these pictures growing up as a kid. You'd look at these pictures, and it's like, he had to have posed for those. But they seem to be action shots. I just don't have that in me, I guess. Anyway, so, so multiply. Think of a kid. You're, you're just a little kid, and you're sitting on the step. Multiply that feeling over a nation of millions of people that are waiting for the Messiah to come. That salvation has come. The oppression that they are facing is going to go away. All the injustices that they've faced are going to, all those wrongs are going to be righted and they're going to look like a million bucks in front of all the other nations of the world. All those who tried to put them down, all them that tried to stop them, they come out of this whole thing smelling like roses. They are God's chosen people and the whole world's going to know it. This is the Messiah that they're waiting for. This is what they expect. And, and, and what we have here is prior to the birth of Christ, I want you to read, if, if you have your Bible, the verses may be on the screen, or if you have a phone and you want to go there, Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, we have the birth of Jesus. As in our kids' program, we already saw all this. Baby Jesus kind of got moved around here. This isn't the real one, just so you know. Um, you're like, that's a really calm baby. Um, so, so we have the birth of Jesus. We just watched that take place in our, baby, or our, our kids' program. Baby Jesus is born. He's here. He's arrived. The first advent, the first coming of Christ. And then we have in Luke, where Mary and Joseph now have baby Jesus, and they're taking him to the temple. And they're going to consecrate this child before the Lord. As was the custom in that day. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, we meet a man. It says, at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous. He was devout. He was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and to rescue Israel. Listen to that word, eagerly waiting. Eagerly waiting. Like, that's on top the steps, and, uh, but, but a whole other level. But as kids, that's your mindset of, I can't wait to get down there. He's eagerly, eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come. It says the Holy Spirit was upon him, and he had revealed, listen, Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Imagine carrying that with you. And you're getting older and older, and all the time you're just living with this anticipation. You wake up and think, is today going to be the day? Is today going to happen? I think I feel a little different. I was, this was revealed to me. This would be the day, and you're walking down the street, and you don't know how it's going to happen. You're just waiting to walk by this guy, and he's like, hey, Messiah here. Um, oh, it may, I don't know how it's going to happen. Maybe, maybe it's a, in Walmart line, you know, and there, it, it happens to be the cashier. Um, and this guy, he doesn't know how it's going to go down. He's going to find the Messiah. He's going to run into the Messiah, the Messiah or, or the Messiah is just going to come riding in on a horse, a white horse, and proclaim, I'm the king, and everyone just bows and falls down. He doesn't know how it's going down, but every day he's eagerly waiting. That day, the Spirit led Simeon to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came in to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as was the law, as the law required, Simeon was there. Imagine that feeling 
that just the Holy Spirit comes over him and just floods him. He sees this baby and he instantly knows. This is it. This is the day. This is what I've been waiting for. This does not meet really my expectation of what I thought was going to happen. But here it is. And he took the child in his arms. Imagine holding baby Jesus, the God in flesh. And Simeon is holding him and he takes the child and he praises God and he says, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal to God. He is the light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of your people, Israel. So it wasn't just Simeon, but then there's this prophet named Anna. And, and, and Anna, in verse 36, it says, Anna the prophet was also in the temple. So God's bringing all these pieces of the puzzle together, all these ones that have been proclaimed to them that the Messiah is coming, that there they are, they're all around, they're coming in to see Jesus. And in verse 38, she came along just as Simeon was talking to Joseph and Mary, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly hoping, eagerly waiting, waiting expectantly. What are they doing? They are hoping. Their hope is in the Messiah. She's waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. That connection, imagine that connection. Imagine that as you're there and all of a sudden you realize this is God's plan of salvation. All I've been waiting for now is in the form of this little child. The funny thing about expectations are, what they found out is sometimes expectations don't really, what you expect to happen and and then when it actually comes to fruition, it sometimes doesn't meet your expectation. Probably like every first date I ever went on, you know. Uh, remember back to those days. Um, or, or maybe it was a couple Christmases where you really thought the gift was coming, but it didn't. I remember, Holly, you might, I don't know if you'll remember this one. It's nice to have my sister here. Um, she can collaborate my stories. I feel like when Holly tells a story, hers gets a little more embellished than my stories do. So you might want to fact check some of her things that she says. Um, <laughs> But not me. I never embellish anything. I'm, I'm, it's all 100% true. So, so there we were. It was a dark and stormy night. No. Um, so it, it was around Christmas time. And I, I remember dad is like, hey, kids, jump in the car. We had a uh, maroon Chevy uh, celebrity station wagon. The kind that the seat flipped up in the back and you could sit in and face out the back window the day before they cared about seatbelts. And there we were all three in a row. Again, we would never fit in that seat anymore. But all of us watching the snow coming down, dad's like, we're going out to eat. And somehow we ended up at Dutch Pantry in Dubois, Pennsylvania. Um, So there we are, and we go in. And the words that you never hear as a kid, I was probably eight years old or so, the words you never really hear as a kid are, you can order anything you want. 
I mean, normally growing up, it was always he'll have the, you know, and then it's like, ah, I don't want that. And uh, so I try to do that with my kids now. Kelly's like, what do you guys want? I'm like, you tell them what they want. That's how I grew up. That's how they're growing up. This is, they're not going to get treated any different. Right, Ella? You just get told, oh, Ella gets treated different. She's special. Um, but anyway, so there, there we are. And, and I'm just, as a little boy, I am just beside myself. I'm like, oh, man. And I'm looking at this menu, and there it is. It's like angel lightning from heaven, these sunshine ray beams coming down. And it lights up this, these two words, hotcakes. Hotcakes. What? That's on a menu? Hot cakes. There's no way dad's going to go for this. I know he said anything, but I'm going to say, and then all of a sudden the waitress is back. She's like, you ready? And dad looks around and I'm like, I'm ready. I don't think this is going to fly, but I'm ready. And she comes to me and she says, okay, what would you like? Dad's like, tell, tell her what you want. <laughs> Hot cakes. All right. And dad looked at me like, you, sh- you sure? You want the short stack? The I don't care what they come in. I just, hot cakes, please. He says, all right. And I just couldn't believe it. This was happening. And no one else seemed excited about it besides me. <laughs> Everyone else is going about their business. And all I can think is, I, here it comes. A platter of cake. Birthday cake. German chocolate cake. I mean, whatever cake you can imagine, some kind of fudge cake with a big pile of, you know, volcano cake of some kind, molten lava cake, whatever it is, Oreo cheesecake, all the cakes are just going through my mind, and I think, how is this possible at a restaurant that they're just going to bring me a platter of cakes, and they're hot, they're fresh, they just made them, and here they are for me, and I've got all this going through my mind, and here she comes out, and everyone's getting their food, and then she flops down this measly stack of pancakes <laughs> what? what and I was just the, the sheer disappointment the expectation had built and it was all there and I couldn't wait for it and then I was just crushed and dad could see it he's like what's what's wrong he called me butchie what's wrong butchie I don't know why he called me butchie he still can't explain it to this day but he did I tried to call my son Levi Butchie, and he revolted. He would not talk. He's like, I am not Butchie. Uh, so anyway, we tr- tried to pass along some traditions. They just didn't go. So here we are, and, and, and I got these hot cakes in front of, or pancakes in front of me, and, and, and Dad said, what's wrong? And I said, that's not, that's not what I ordered. And he said, no, that's, that, that's hot cakes or pancakes. And then he stopped for a second. You didn't, you didn't think that this was going to be like a platter full of variety of different warm cakes. And I said, no. No. And I just, I lost it. I started crying. I was so disappointed. I don't remember anything else that happened that night. I certainly couldn't have eaten those nasty pancakes. Can you imagine the difference of an expectation of what the nation of Israel is waiting for in a king? A Messiah that's going to come and change everything. 
He's going to ride in on a big white horse. He's going to establish a kingdom. And their expectation of what was to come, this was not what they expected. It wasn't a king that came to establish an earth kingdom, but what they had as expectations, little did they know at that point, were absolutely exceeded. That God not only knew what they thought they wanted, but he actually knew what they needed. Beyond what they actually needed, God answered every prayer, not just for the nation of Israel, but for all mankind in the form of a baby. Born in a crummy stable, the cliff on the side of a mountain somewhere, this baby's born where cattle are born. This baby, the king of the world, is born in a city that was barely on the map. The expectation of the, the, the nation of Israel being vindicated and, and being set right was the, the, their dreams of what they waited for and all the expectation and all the hope. And now they're looking and they're told it's in this little baby. But God not only knew what they expected, but He blew their expectations away. And we have grand hopes, I think, sometimes for what we think God should do in our lives and what we desire God to do. And when He does what we're praying for Him to do, but it doesn't match up or line up with our expectations, all of a sudden we get disappointed. All of a sudden our dreams and our hopes are dashed because it doesn't look like what we thought it should look like. And sometimes when we pray and we ask God to answer our prayers, and we say this prayer, God, I want this, but not my will, your will be done, but we don't really mean it. We really mean whatever I just said, do that. Because that's what I think I need. But God doesn't just know what you think you need. He actually knows what you need. And I love the story of Christmas because it has to remind us that what we're asking God for, God is willing and able to come in and sweep in in grand ways and He is able to go above and beyond what we could have ever expected and do so much more if we trust Him. And the nation of Israel had an important decision to make. Here is hope that has come to life. And if they want to receive this hope, they actually have to believe that Jesus Christ, this little baby that was so far out of what their idea and their scope was of what the Messiah would look like, that this little baby was the Messiah. That he would grow up to be a great teacher, to be a great leader, to be a great teacher and prophet and king, that he was the Messiah. And they had to put their trust and faith in him. And then in order for them to be able to actually hang on to that, in order for them to know that this faith was real faith, that this hope that they had was real hope that was in him, they had to be willing to say, he didn't just come for the nation of Israel because their whole thought was, he's coming in nation, the nation of Israel now who has been trodden under people's feet, have been put down, have been decimated, have been uh, uh, gone against for so many years that now all of a sudden they have to be willing Willing to look at all those other nations that tried to hold them back and say, He's not just our Savior, but He's for all of you. 
that no matter what you've done, no matter how far you tried to go to destroy God's chosen people, God has chosen to forgive you, He's chosen to love you, and He's chosen to offer you hope. Yeah, that's an amazing thing. And for the nation of Israel to know that they actually had this hope and believed in it, they had to be willing to give that hope away to others. And today, as we think about this today, the reason why we sit here, the reason why we talk about Christmas and all this is Jesus was born, but we had people of the Jewish faith that believed their Messiah had come And they believed in the love and forgiveness that was offered so much that they turned to the world. And they said, we are going to share our king. And he didn't just come for us. He didn't just come to establish an earthly throne, but a heavenly throne, an eternal throne. He didn't just come to forgive the sins of one nation, but to forgive the sins of the whole world. And we sit here today, as benefactors of someone willing to offer hope to us. It came through God, through His Son Jesus Christ, given to the nation of Israel for them to give away to the rest of the world. That Jesus was the King of all people. I love in Matthew chapter 12, this is after Jesus is up and around and he's, he's not a baby anymore. He's get, getting ready to begin his earthly ministry on earth and he's, he begins to heal uh, and, and he's sharing uh, just his love with people. And, and, and we see this. It says, the, this fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning Jesus. He said, look at my servant whom I've chosen. Behold, or, or excuse me, he is my beloved who, is, uh, who pleases me. I will put my spirit in him. He will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious and his name will be the hope of all the world. That Jesus is for us today. That little baby represents God's hope for humanity wrapped in flesh. And he didn't stay a little baby. He grew up. He lived a sinless life. He taught. He healed. He loved. He pointed them to his Savior, to, or to his Father, God. And then he went to the cross, died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do, even though humanity is the one that nailed him to a cross. He said, forgive them, they know not what they do. And then they put him in a tomb, but he didn't stay there. The hope of the world, three days later, rose again from the grave. So not only did he defeat sin, but he defeated death. So today we have offered to us eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's hope. And if you want to have that hope, you have to receive it. You have to believe it. You have to believe what Jesus did on the cross for you. That that this Christmas story is a true story. It's not a fable. It's not a fairy tale. It is true. And he came 
to bring hope. So you receive that hope, and then to keep that hope and to know that hope is real. You can't keep it to yourself, but you want to share that hope. You want to re-gift it. You want to put it in a package, and you want to hand it out. You want to go tell the world. Go tell it on a mountain that Jesus Christ is born, that he is here, that he is the king of the world, that he is the answer, that he is the Messiah. 